Hello fun people, I'm Isaac Carlson and on Following Dreams, I'm focused on exploring the stories of people who are following their passions and achieving their dreams. I want to help inspire you to pursue what you love by hearing how others have done it. Today we're speaking to a musical theater actress, producer, and director who has been in everything from Broadway's Year in Town the Musical to productions of The Wiz, Footloose, and Godspell, and has used that experience to make an impact beyond the stage by uplifting artists. Through her work as an artist in residence at the New Jersey Performing Arts Center and by founding the Vanguard Theater Company, she has been able to assist artists in their journey to become well-rounded and empowered activists. To see Vanguard's Nightmare Before Christmas concert on December 23rd, which I will actually be hosting, be sure to check out the sign-up link in the description. Welcome, Janice Freeman-Clark. Isaac, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited to be able to speak to you today and to hear about all of your amazing experiences. Amazing. Let, let's let's get started. Much <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> mm -hmm. The thing that I always like to begin with is what are you passionate about? What gets you excited about everything that you're involved in? Yeah, that's such a great question and I think the answer I I am inspired by the next generation and I think that began for me I, I mean I've always been inspired by um, the people who are going to come behind us and like change the narrative of all the things that's happening in our world mm -hmm. uh, but I think I especially became really inspired by the trajectory of our next generation when I had my own children. So I have two children. <laughs> um, I have a 12-year-old, I was going to say 11, but she just turned 12, and a 9-year-old, 12-year-old uh, daughter, 9-year-old son. And I just have so much hope for their generation to bring about change to this world that we live in. And, and to be honest, I think that was a big inspiration for why I founded Vanguard. It was about five years ago um, when I had had, you know, I had both of them, but they were much younger. And I said, you know, it'd be so amazing if there was a community uh, as much as I love theater. I love theater. I've always been obsessed with theater. It's always been a big part of my life. Um, but I wanted my children to experience it in a way a little bit differently than how I have experienced it um, in a more equitable space. Uh, in a space that really uses the arts to bring about change to the world that we live in, a space where they are seen and appreciated for who they are and who they bring into the room. So, so yeah, so I am, in, I am inspired by the next generation. Mm -hmm. I think that that resonates with me a lot as someone who had an amazing childhood myself. That's something that I really want other people to be able to experience and have. And especially when you, I feel like the older I get, the more that I like see how, um, those like small experiences when you're growing up can really empower you to do things long term. And so it's so important to be able to intercept that time and to make sure that you're leaving a big impact. So that's, that's very cool. <laughs> yeah. So what was your life like growing up in Michigan? And could you talk about how your love of singing began? Sure. So I grew up in Lansing, Michigan, uh, the capital. Um, we Michiganders, we kind of put up our hand and we like point to like where on the hand we are. So uh, mm -hmm. Lansing is kind of like right there. Um, <laughs> and Lansing is cold. Lansing is very, very cold. 
Uh, but the warmth that I found in Lansing definitely came from my theater community. I had no idea that at a young age, kind of what you were saying a moment ago, um, that the experiences that I was going to have was going to change the course of my entire life. I found myself um, early on just trying to figure out who I was and where my place was and what my thing was. Mm-hmm. And I auditioned. I, I was one of these kids. I always loved to sing. My parents said that I came out of the womb singing, um, that I was singing before I spoke. There was a popular song at one time called You, Could Ring my, you Can Ring My Bell. And they said I used to walk around the house at two years old, swinging a belt <laughs> around my head, singing You Can Ring My Belt. Because, yeah, I was a little confused. Um, so I've always sung, loved to sing. When I was in junior high school, I would walk around the hallways belting Whitney Houston songs at the top of my lungs. Um, And there was a theater director at at the school at the time who stopped me one day and said, you should audition for the musical. And I wasn't exactly sure what a musical was at that point in time. I was really more into like the pop and R&B world of music. Uh, And so it piqued my interest. I went to the audition. Um, and I got a part and it was a really small part, but it was the first time that I was on stage and I kind of felt that energy, um, that, that comes when you're on stage and that, that reciprocity that comes from the audience when you're on stage for the first time and the way that feels with the lights hit your skin. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I, I love this. So I continued to do musicals and then I got into high school and we reached a point where our, our town was really suffering um, and there was a millage that did not pass to support the arts. And the musical was gonna be canceled. And to me, that was like cutting off my arm or so. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so me and a group of my friends said, okay, let's do something. Let, let's raise money for the arts program. So we put on a musical, we put on Godspell we picked Godspell because there were 10 people in Godspell and there were 10 of us. And we were like, perfect, let's do it. Like that was, there was kind of no rhyme or reason. But we put this show on by ourselves from top to bottom, from the beginning to the end. Um, I directed it. A friend of mine did the music direction. We all figured out our costuming. We painted our sets. And all of the proceeds went toward the arts programming at our school. And not only... Did it feel amazing to kind of be on that other side of the musical? Yes, we were in it, but we were also like doing all the behind the scenes things. And I, that was when I kind of first found my love for that. But it was also such an amazing feeling at the end when we were able to hand our school a check. It was $5,000. That's not a ton of money, but it made such a huge impact that the principal of our school was like, we're reinstating the musical, we're reinstating these arts programs, look at how it's changing these kids' lives. And so it went so far beyond that $5,000. And it was the first time that I realized how important it is to use our gifts to give back to things that are really important to us. And so that's kind of where I I got the bug. Like that show, Godspell, I'm not gonna say the year, it will age me, but that was the year that I really got the bug and um it's been with me ever since Mm -hmm. yeah it was the the moment that you got to taste what it could be like to be able to do something symbolic like yeah that 
even if the check wasn't like an unlimited amount of funds for your program, it at least was able to be like a proof of concept of why it should continue to keep going on. That's ex that's exactly it. Mm -hmm. And you know, the other thing that's interesting, so Vanguard um, Theater is really all about changing the narrative through dream. Um, so I, I love the concept of your show here. <laughs> and our dream stands for diversity, reciprocity, education, activism, and mentorship. So we try to make sure that that's included in everything that we do. Um, but I didn't realize at that time that that show was the beginning of Vanguard because mm. it was an opportunity. First of all, it was a diverse group of students that came together. I, I lived in a community, though it was predominantly white. Um, in retrospect, when I, when I think back to that cast, it was so diverse. It was so diverse. And it was this group of people that came together from all these different racial backgrounds and religious backgrounds. Um, and we were doing Godspell. Uh, and it gave us an opportunity to talk often about a lot of the concepts of the show um, and break down some of those barriers and break down some of those walls that naturally come when you're bringing people together from, from different backgrounds. And so I didn't realize it at the time, but that was really the beginning of what would become Vanguard Theater Company years later. Many yeah. Years later. Yeah. And that's, that's so cool because it's, it's an experience that you had naturally. And now as an adult, you can create those spaces to have those connections continue to happen. Yeah, I think, exactly. yeah, it, it's like, as soon as I, I, like I get a lot of, I, I find that I break down a lot of barriers getting to see diverse casts and being able to, to see unique stories. And that's something that I enjoy getting to seek out now is seeing those more like interesting takes now that I've like been able to have them. And, and once you discover that, be able to have those, those moments, you can continue to seek them out. And I think that's really cool that you're able to create that space for people in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. It's great, you know, we, with our with shows like Hamilton, um, that we are able to bring people into roles that in the past they were we wouldn't necessarily expect to see them in. Mm -hmm. uh, and Vanguard, for the longest time, that's kind of been our goal. Is like, how do we change the narrative of this piece through color conscious casting? So it's not color blind casting. And when people use that term, I'm always like, ah. That's a little disrespectful, right? Because we don't want to act like someone's color doesn't exist. We see it. It's actually the first thing that we see, whether we want to or not. That is the first thing that we see. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's really interesting to say, how can we look at this piece in a new way by seeing different colors on the stage? I'll give you an example. We did a version of Music Man um, in concert a few years back. And um, our lead uh, guy was a Filipino rapper. He played our Harold Hill and he was fantastic. Um, the mayor of River City, Iowa, and I don't know if you know this show, but um, the generally speaking, the cast is very monochromatic and it's all um, takes place in this really small town in Iowa where mm -hmm. everyone looks the same. And so, um, our mayor of this town of Iowa, which is generally played by a man, was a queer woman of color. Um, and so, and every family, this is a story about all these different families in Iowa, and every family looked different. 
every family, whether it was a same-sex family, whether it was a multiracial family, whether it was, um, you know, it, it's just every family looked different. And it really looked like the complexions um, of a 20, what century are we in? <laughs> 21st century, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. really more about what do families look like today? What do we wish our towns looked like? What do we wish all of our towns looked like? And so anyway, so it was a lot of fun to dive into that. And people looked at the show in a completely different way. They were like, I've never seen Music Man like that before. All of a sudden, mm. it makes so much more sense to me how these the people in this community that are really divided find a way to use music to come together. And that's what Vanguard does. We use theater to bring people together from all different backgrounds and zip codes and socioeconomic backgrounds and religions and genders and all of those things. And what what binds us together is a shared love of theater. Mm -hmm. I think I think that's great. I it's it's so cool to hear about how you can change the perspective of the musical by using the actors and actresses who are involved with it and changing the context of it. And even though like the, I'm sure the core of the musical stays the same. It's just those, those fine tuned moments of what should be expected or what is common or what should be common to arise. That's, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think that that's the goal, right? To change what is common to mm -hmm. normalize um, this idea that, you know, we, I mean, of course there are certain stories that have to be race specific, right? Cause that's yeah. what works with the story. Um, you know, hairspray or a Memphis or things like that. Um, but when a character doesn't call for a specific race, I think it's really interesting to look outside of the box and how can we tell this story in an interesting way? Mm -hmm. I was make our audiences think. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was one of the, I was watching a few of the, the videos that are up on the Vanguard uh, Theater Company website. And one of the topics was about how one of the villains of a musical who is looked at as like the pinnacle of like beauty and popularity was cast as a, a black woman and how that was so impactful because it showed that it, there could be a, a school where a black girl was seen as the most beautiful and by and ha being able to show that and put that out there is something that can resonate with, with girls who typically don't see that. And that, I think those are the moments that are like really cool to see. <laughs> Absolutely. It totally normalizes it. And, mm -hmm. and, and seeing yourself on that stage being portrayed a certain way, it's like, Oh Yeah. I can't be that popular girl at school. I can be the one in my school that people are looking up to. And yes, she, she's getting this vision from seeing a theatrical production, but that is what changes us often, what often changes the way that we think about things. Case in point, um, I don't know, you were probably not old enough to watch the <laughs> show, but I recommend it. Um, it might be on Netflix, but there's a show called 24 that I used to be obsessed with. And it was about this, this man and his adventures in 24 hours. And I think it was 24 episodes and every 
hour was an actual hour of what happened in that day. Anyway, the president, like the president of the country um, was a black man. And it was the most popular television series for years. I'm gonna say like maybe three or four years. It was so popular. And I think that people watching a black man as president for all of those seasons mm-hmm. normalized the fact that, yeah, that actually could happen. I used to do, this is a fun yet tragic story. So I used to do pageants when I was younger. I definitely don't consider myself and never consider myself a pageant girl, but um, I'm a hustler. And so when I learned that you could make a lot of money, um, like scholarship money through pageants, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, let me do this. How do I sign up? <laughs> so I um, was Miss Heart of Michigan, and I went to um, the Miss Michigan pageant, and I made it to the top five. And there was an interview section. And the interview question that I received at that time was, do you think that we are close to having an African-American president. And I honestly think to this day that the reason I didn't win that pageant, I was first runner up to Miss Michigan, but the reason I didn't win that pageant was this (laughs) answer. And my answer was, no, I don't. Um, I actually, and Colin Powell at the time was considering running and one of the reasons that he said that um, he was not going to run is because he was just concerned about how it could potentially impact his family. And I wondered if, you know, a, a person of color would be able to get through an entire term as president um, safely. Mm-hmm. That was my response. And of course, that wasn't the response they wanted. They wanted me to say, absolutely, we're at a point in America, we are ready to, you know, they wanted me to say that. And that's not what I said, you know. Um, and so they were, you know, they were like, so are, are you saying he'd be assassinated? Is that what you're saying? And that isn't what I was saying, but I was saying that I thought that he had, his, I wasn't sure if it would be safe because I thought so many people would be, uh, would object to it. And we've come a long way. We, we've come a long way. Of course, we have a long way to go, but we did have a black man as president of the United States. And I think that's huge and that's major. And I think 24 had something to do with that. A small part, but definitely had something to do with that. Yeah. That, that it leaves an impact in people, even if it's, even if it's implicit, even if they can't really identify it. Exactly. It, and I think for, I really like the the diversity and inclusivity inclusivity of shows and movies and being able to show unique stories because I think it gives people an opportunity when they have pretty homogenized communities to be able to point to someone that they can connect with and that they know is someone that they like trust and understand and like for kids they like who kids who grow up with Disney, they'll always have Tiana to point to as, as a princess that they care about. And that's why for me, I'm very excited because Tiana's getting her own ride in Walt Disney world and Disneyland is she's getting her own series. And I that was, oh, I'm so excited. So and so, excited. Yeah. So I, excited about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, 
and like I love Tiana like since she's she's one of the hardest working princesses and it's so cool. So important. It's so important. Yes, I was thrilled when I heard about that series. Me and my <laughs> daughter did some like TikTok dances about it. We were so excited. So yeah, yeah mm-hmm. we're we're thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I've heard you say is that being behind every success story is a mentor. When you were going through your education and in your rise to become an actress, who were the mentors who shaped you? That is such a great question. Uh, (laughs) So Vanguard has this Broadway buddy program where we pair Broadway artists with up and coming Broadway artists in a one-on-one mentorship program. And honestly, one of the reasons that came to be, there are a couple of reasons that came to be, um, but one of them was because I felt like when I was coming up, I didn't have that person. I didn't mm. have that person to call and say, hey, what do I do? I, you know, I just left this audition. They're asking me to portray this character in a way that is uncomfortable for me. I think it's, you know, it's based on me being black and they want me to be urban or street, but I really don't feel like it's the character. And, and I just don't really know how to navigate this. Um, and, and that's a really hard thing to say to your agent. Like, no, actually, I, I don't think I'm going to go back to that callback because I don't really like what they're asking me to do, you know, because then you lose your agent and you lose your man, you know, and I just wish I had that person to ask those questions to be, because I felt like a lot of times I had lots of wins, but then I also had lots of losses, um, which is why I reached the point where I said, I need to get on the other side of that table. Um, instead of being the person that's being put in these situations, I want to be that person that creates opportunities, um, for people to bring their authentic selves to characters, as opposed to a stereotypical version, um, of what that character should be, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I, it's hard because I didn't, I had a lot of people that I looked up to um I was a huge and have always been a huge fan of Audra McDonald I think her voice is beautiful and I think she's one of those people who's placed in you know what we call token one of those token actresses that's placed um in in roles that maybe you wouldn't consider a person of color playing um and so I respect her journey uh very much uh, but I can't really say that there was someone who took me under their wing and said, let me show you the way. And I, I really think that was one of the reasons the Broadway Buddy program um, happened. I want to talk about my husband for a quick second, though. So my husband, his name is Dwayne Clark, and he's a Broadway actor. And um, actually, I think that um, you spoke to Jessica, my uh, managing director of Vanguard, about him because she told me that you are a huge fan of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Turn off the dogs. And we'll talk about that in a moment. <laughs> But um, uh, but he when he first got started, he has this incredible story. He was auditioning for Smokey Joe's Cafe over and over again, like going to these massive open calls. He kept getting through the dance call. Well, I'm sorry, through the singing call. And then he'd get in the room for a call back for the dance audition. He had no formal t- training. You know, he was this urban kid who came from an urban community who sang in church and loved to sing, act, and dance, but had no formal training. And so he'd get into that audition room. They'd teach him a combination, and he just had no idea how to execute it. So the show was on Broadway at the time. He waited by the stage door, 
and he waited for a man by the name of Adrian Bailey to come out. He saw him and he said, hi, my name is Dwayne. Um, I've been auditioning for this show for the national tour and you know, I can't quite get the dance down. Would you mind, you know, teaching it to me? <laughs> like, this is so bold. Like, you don't do that. <laughs> yeah. like, who does that? You don't do that. <laughs> and I guess in some ways it worked to his advantage that he did know to not do that, <laughs> right? So this lovely man, this is my dog barking. Josie, Josie. So this lovely, this lovely man took Dwayne to a studio and taught him the combination. Right after that, he booked the show and that was the beginning of, you know, he's done a dozen Broadway shows since then. And this man has continued to be an amazing mentor for him. And so he was so thankful that that one person took a little time to kind of show him the ropes and help him at the beginning of his journey. Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna grab my dog, Josie! <laughs> so calm down if he's sitting in my lap. Come here, Josie! Fair enough. <laughs> I, he just want a little attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, I got it. Um, so yeah, and so so that story was so inspiring to me, and you know I was a little envious. I wish I had that person, um, but I was like, I want to create that opportunity for other young people. Yeah. Um, so that so that they know, they have that person to call and say, hey, I just don't I just don't know what to do, and not just about things of race, you know, um, uh, you know we have a lot of our students who are in college programs and navigating their way through that, or they're auditioning for college programs and trying to figure out their way. Um, and so their mentors write letters of recommendation for them. Their mentors coach them on their audition material. Um, it's just great to have that person to go to and say, Hey, I need a little help. And, yeah. uh, yeah, that it's it's not necessarily about a lack of talent or a lack of desire to learn. It's just a lack of means to get that education, yes. which which is not what should be happening. If people have the ability to get out there, we uh, want like really, if you want the best people to be involved, those resources need to be able to reach the people that really want them. So I'm glad that there's a way to get that down to the people that really care. And obviously your husband was one of those people who was willing to break through those, those barriers to be able to get it. But sometimes like you can you don't have that type of success trying to do those more bold acts or sometimes it just, you know, doesn't, doesn't work in the moment. So having those structures to be able to find a mentor is, mm. is something that's very cool. Yeah. It's, it's definitely one of my, favorite programs that we do it's a three-month mentorship program at the end they stand on stage with their mentor and they sing a beautiful number it's always this fantastic night but i think the best part of the program is that the relationships are often lasting that's mm. really the payoff of the program so what was the process like to get mentors initially so the first year so we've done it five years now. Mm -hmm. The first year was literally me and my husband calling all of our friends. <laughs> Saying, hey, would you, you know, I, we have this really great idea for this mentorship program. Will you do it? Um, and then 
what's been fantastic about it is that the mentors at the end of the program say that the program meant more to them. They think that it did even to their mentees because it's to them, it's so important to be able to have that vehicle to give back. And so they were able to give back to a young person and they all say the same thing. I wish I had had this. I wish at 22 years old when I arrived in New York City, having no idea what I was doing, I had had this person. Um, and so what they do is they then tell their Broadway friends, hey, you should be a part of this really amazing program. Um, I have this really cool mentee. They're always looking for new mentors. And so it's just kind of been um, a word of mouth thing in the Broadway community, which we're so grateful for. The Broadway community is so gracious of their time and giving. And and so we're really, we're really grateful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that's something that's so amazing since you're so close to the, the hub <laughs> of musical theater and Broadway is right there. It's so great that you can be able to use that resource. Uh, I mean, so many people like across the country, like there's, there's just no proximity. And so it's great Correct. that the people that are there uh, can be able to have those amazing experiences. Yeah. And you know, it's this year's program due to the pandemic was virtual so all the meetings were virtual and their performance in the end was virtual they all recorded in their own homes and we spliced it together and so it's been making us think about expanding the program so that you don't necessarily have to live in the metropolitan uh area to be a part of it so you know we, we haven't figured that out yet but we're but we're working on it because we'd love to give more people an opportunity uh to build those relationships mm-hmm yeah, that was that was something I was going to ask was how do you see Vanguard continuing to grow over time? And I think, yeah, trying to be able to reach people in different places is a great way of being able to do that. Do you have any other visions for what you're hoping to be able to accomplish? Well, we just got our own theater space, which we are so excited about. It's being renovated right now. Um, but I think that what's so special about this new virtual space that we have found is the ability to take the shows that we are presenting here um, and show them around the country, around the world. Hey, why not? Uh, we've also done that with a lot of our education programs, a lot of our classes that are being taught virtually. We have students from Chicago. There was one student from Bermuda. So we are starting to get a lot more attention um, from other areas due, you know, due to where we are. Um, with the pandemic, um, which, in, you know, of course, it's an awful thing that is happening, but we are all trying to find ways to reinvent ourselves. And for us, we have found this ability to reach more people um, outside of our, our general range has been an exciting, uh, an exciting part of our journey. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the, the way that you've been able to reinvent is to go into those different ways of being able to reach people. Because if you can't necessarily interact with the people that are you're close with, except digitally, then you can extend beyond that. You've built the systems to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so how do, how do people get involved with Vanguard? Whether that be uh, someone who wants to have a mentor or, um, someone who wants to contribute or help? Yeah, 
So if they go to our website, which is www.vanguardtheatercompany.org, and we spell Vanguard, I mean, we spell we spell theater with an E-R at the end as opposed to an R-E. Sometimes people get confused with that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all kinds of information about how you can get involved. If it's, you know, if it's a mission that, um, that you stand behind and you want to donate, um, you know, our, we are alive and thriving based on donors, um, corporate sponsors, but a lot of it is our individual donors who've been so very, very generous to us. I mean, we still have a long way to go. Um, we're still hurting like every other arts organization right now, um, but we're thankful for those people who really believe in what we're doing uh, and and want to share um, some of what they have with us. So, so if there's anyone that wants to do that, they can certainly go to our website and it's pretty clear how to get involved. Um, for all of our uh, for all of our auditions and things such as that, that's also listed on our website. They can also join our mailing list where we're constantly sending out information about all up and coming auditions and programs and classes and all that kind of thing. So wealth of knowledge on our website. (laughs) Awesome. So when you've done, so since you've done this for five years, what have been a few of your favorite um, like moments with, with seeing kids grow and, or what are you, what have been the shows that have been the most impactful for you? Oh, that's such a good question. They're all so special in their own ways. Uh, you know, I, I think that, oh boy, it's so hard to say because I have such fond memories of every production for different reasons, whether it's a breakout performance by a young person who hadn't found their voice and then all of a sudden did um, in, in, in a production or uh, whether it's an interesting concept that we have for a show. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, there's so many, but, but the program that I actually am really excited about right now is our VTC Next program. And that is a program that's really about building up and empowering the behind the scenes uh, personnel for theater in the future. So Nightmare Before Christmas, which which you're going to be hosting for us, uh, that whole program was conceived and directed and produced and choreographed and costumed by a group of young people. Um, a young lady by the name of Niobe came to me one day and said, I just have this, this, this vision of doing this show on stage. And I said, cool, let's do it. And she was like, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, let's do it. I said, let's put your team together. So she started putting her team together and watching them. Um, we, we are actually in the process right now of filming. Their filming begins today. But watching them throughout their rehearsal process, throughout their tech process, has just been amazing watching their growth and allowing them to see things from the other side and skills that they didn't even realize that they had. Now Niobe, as much as she wanted to be a performer, is really thinking, I'm actually good at this. I can direct. I can produce. Um, I can do this. And so seeing their confidence build throughout this entire process, 
What's cool about it is that the actors, most of the actors are professional actors. So it's a group of high school seniors for the most part. And we also have um, some college freshmen who are part of it directing professional actors in this production, which can be really intimidating, which can be really <laughs> intimidating, but they have risen to the challenges. Uh, there are times where they fall flat on their face and they get back up and they keep moving. And they might cry about it a little bit later, not in front of their cast. <laughs> they might cry about it a little bit later, but then they're like, okay, this is what I learned. Great, let's do it again. Great, next rehearsal, let's try this and this and this. Let's see if we can make this work. They've been troubleshooting, problem solving the entire time. And I think that really what they've come up with is super special. I've tried to be as hands-off as possible. I am there as a mentor. They each have a mentor. So I'm mentoring the producer and the co-directors. Um, and there we have this amazing uh, costume design mentor. She actually um, is on wardrobe for Mean Girls on Broadway. Her name is Terry Purcell. So she's been mentoring the costume designer. So every person has a really great mentor that's kind of been holding their hand throughout the process, answering questions, helping them navigate, troubleshoot, but then we're pretty hands off. When it comes to the process, we let them do it. It's their show. And I think they have grown immensely from the project. Um, VTC Next is also doing um, a program called Song Cycle where another group of young people are writing their own song cycle. They're writing it, producing it, publishing it in hopes that kids from around the country, around the world perform it one day. And so uh, it's just really exciting to see this pipeline that we're creating um, for a more equitable space for, for the next generation. Yeah. Yeah, like I think I think for me it whenever I would grow up thinking about like film and television and Broadway, it's always the forward facing actors that you always see. But as you like continue to dive deeper into these industries, at least for me, it's been fascinating to see how many people it really takes to be involved in these projects. And I think it's great that there's a space where kids can get those experiences because there there definitely are those situations where maybe they thought they wanted to be an actor but everything just clicks or everything just makes more sense or gets them excited to do like audio design which is not something that's typically like the the, the thing that everyone like wants to do or isn't like the thing you're not on the poster or anything but right, right. there's still those really important um creative opportunities there that I'm glad kids will get to be the chance to be able to do. Yeah. 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 You know, it's so funny because I've always loved to perform, but I was always a little bit more interested in what was happening on the other side. Like I, when I'm in the theater, I'm like, Oh, how did they do that? Wait. And how was that? Oh, what a cool <laughs> lighting choice. And Oh, it's really cool. Oh, the set. Blah, blah. So I was always focused more on those things. And then afterwards, of course, I loved the actors and, you know, I would always be moved by fantastic um, acting performances, but there's something about the other 
other stuff, all those other things that make it happen that mm -hmm. are so fascinating. And so giving our kids the, the opportunity to experience the other side of them, it just kind of, you know, broadens their horizons. There's lots of things that you can do in theater besides just being the person on stage. And the more people that we have on the other side of things, the, pe the producers who are making the decisions, the directors who are casting the shows and the casting directors and things like that, the more equitable that can be, the more diversity mm. we can have in those ro roles will create a more equitable future for theater. Yep. Yep. Having people, yeah, it can't, it can't just be on stage because there has to be a, a, a community of people that are working together to make sure that the shows can be authentic and truthful. And, uh, what's, what's the reality of life in the 21st century? That's, yeah, yeah that's a great point that I, I didn't even think of initially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The decision makers aren't the actors. Yep. Yeah. They're, they're, they're fulfilling a, a purpose of the greater story, but they're not necessarily the ones who form the story. They are just putting their spin on what was being built up. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I really, there was a Adam Savage from Mythbusters. He has a series on YouTube where he got to go behind the scenes of Hamilton. And that was, that was a really cool thing. Cause that's not something that I typically like stumble upon. There's often documentaries about, shows and TV and everything, but yeah, getting those chances to see how complex, you know, getting onto the stage and being able to perform something, um, is something so cool. And having, having that breadth of knowledge from my own experiences too, having those ability to understand how the greater artistic event really, like how that all comes together is really, uh, can make you a more valuable person too so yeah Absolutely. having having that knowledge <laughs> is just important well that's what it is right it, it is all about knowledge it's all about education um when we know more we hope anyway that mm -hmm. we we change right we look at the things that we're doing that aren't the best and we figure out how do we tweak this um to make it to make it better to make it more equitable um yeah how how, how do we bring about change to the things that just aren't quite quite there yet mm -hmm. so what is something that you learned when you first showed up to new york that is something that you really want to continue to pass on or learn like was there something that was like a big struggle that you really want to lower the burden for the next generation yeah I think knowing your self-worth mm. and knowing that it's okay to say, no, thank you. Sometimes I think so often as an actor, you are waiting for someone to give you a job. Um, there's a little bit of a desperation there every time you walk into an audition room. And I think that knowing that it's actually okay to look at a project and say, you know, I'm not feeling good about this and that it's not going to completely like, you know, blackball you for the rest of your career. <laughs> um, and, I, and I think, so, so knowing that it's okay to say no, but also knowing the importance of creating your own work. That's what Lin-Manuel 
does so brilliantly, mm-hmm. right? And this business, he said, you know, I don't know what is there for me. And so I'm just going to create something for myself and for others who are like me. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And so I just think knowing that you don't have to follow all the rules and you can create your own rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, one of the documentaries that I recently watched on Disney Plus when it came out was uh, about Howard Ashman and about how he initially got his rise. And it was a similar thing that he started his own, like he bought his own um, like stage and they put on their own small performances and that's what allowed him to get his jump start. And I think while like back in the day, like doing that in New York City must have been just so intense. But mm. now in a day of like social media and in the digital age, the barrier, the cost is so much lower to get your work out there. Um, there's just so much more opportunity to be able to yeah. do things like that. And I think, yeah, being able to build your own audience, be able to build your own community um, and your own work yeah, well, is something. You, you've done that quite brilliantly. <laughs> <Yeah>. I <think>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, it's something that gets me really excited because I got to kind of stumble upon um, being able to make stuff <laughs> on the internet and be able to grow that. And now it's like, um, now it just is something that gets me really excited because I know that there's just so much opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I, I so agree. I My first Broadway experience was when I was 17 years old and my choir, my high school choir went to New York City to perform. And while we were there, we got to see a few different Broadway shows. And I was blown away. Again, I'm aging myself. This was before you could go to YouTube and watch every single full <laughs> Broadway show on YouTube. This was well before that. And so th- my, you know, earlier you mentioned, you know, how lucky some people are who live in this area and they have such access to New York City. I remember being like, oh, my goodness oh my god this is broadway this is amazing this is incredible this is incredible so i went to see um i'm 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 hesitating because i definitely will will be giving away my age it's okay i'm really proud of how old I'm. but anyway i went to go see tommy i don't know if you're familiar with this musical who's tommy and in the show it was a pretty white cast i was still blown away everything i was seeing was amazing in front of my eye and the pinball and all of the, i was like oh my god and they're singing it was it was fantastic but there was a moment where a lady by the name of cheryl freeman walked onto the stage she was the acid queen this beautiful black woman with this glorious instrument I remember being in that theater, weeping, like literally weeping, watching her performance. It blew me away. Afterwards, I stood by the stage door for must have been over an hour waiting for her to come out. I got her autograph. I took pictures with her. It was, it was an amazing, amazing, amazing experience. And fast forward about seven years after that. I was casting this production of a piece called Constant Star about the life of Ida B. Wells. 
And it was Ida B. Wells, a civil rights activist, um, at five different points within her life from when she was really young uh, to when she passed on. And I got cast in that show. And when I saw the cast list and Cheryl Freeman's name was on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned um, mentoring. Interestingly, the women in that show took me under their wing and, and mentored me. They definitely did. Um, but I remember the very first day of rehearsal and I was trying to hold it in. I was going to find this really sophisticated way to say, you know, I'm a huge fan of yours. And instead, I like broke out the Polaroid. And I was like, this is me and you. Backstage, I'm coming. And, you know, anyway, I, I definitely made a fool of myself. She thought it was hilarious. She was like, I still have that jacket, girl, the one in that picture. I still have it. So, so it was great. It was great. Um, I actually have gotten a bit on a tangent and not sure what the original question was. <laughs> what was the original question? I just, what was I answering? I don't remember. <laughs> I. <laughs> Yeah, it was that. That's incredible. I mean, I I went on a band trip my freshman year to New York City, so I I experienced a, a similarly length um, drive to probably you guys did from Michigan yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, to yeah. New York. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, and that's when I got to see Spider Man turn off the dark, and yeah, it's it's incredible. It's it's so cool to that like even schools from halfway across the country can get the chance to go over there and oh uh, that's what we were talking about we were talking about how now on social media yes and on the internet <laughs> you can see anything right yeah so there was a period of time where you couldn't see anything unless you came to new york city and yep. so yeah now now of course the sky's the limit in terms of creating in terms of sharing the sky's the limit mm-hmm. um and you know you of course know that with your millions of followers <laughs> we, we have a lot to learn from you isaac we actually have a lot to learn from you so you need to mentor us in that regard <laughs> well i i'd be happy to help in any way the the social media realm it's something that like i i love to be able i could talk about it all day talking about like how how to make content and how to be able to spread it around and be able to try to grow a community and do all of that it's something that i i think about a lot and I just know that it's a, a really important thing and it's a really exciting thing. And I think people like there's, there's often a, you know, narrative that like social media is a really dangerous thing and can be very harmful. And in some ways it definitely is. And it's, <laughs> it's been felt, but there's also like, if you use it correctly and use it very mm-hmm. intentionally um, and don't get uh manipulated by what can be out there in the propaganda like you can you can cut through that and be able to carve out a place for yourself and be able to create a career for yourself well Mm -hmm. i'm I'm so impressed with what you've done and one of the reasons we are so excited to partner with you on nightmare before christmas is because you're going to interview some of our some of our uh kids who put on this production at intermission and they like when we told them that, like they completely <laughs> lit up. Like they're huge fans of yours. And I think it's so cool for them to see someone not that much older than they are, like really moving and shaking and finding your way, navigating through this, um, you know, this this social media world. And that's the future. Let's face it. As much as some of us, and I'm not saying that I'm one of these people who hate it, but I am one of these people who 
I'm, I'm leery of it because I do find that, like you said, there's a lot of traps you can fall into. And mm-hmm. I have young kids. And so I'm always nervous about, um, you know, cyberbullying and other things that they will be exposed to uh, on the on the Internet. But I also agree with you that it can really be used for good. You know, what you're doing is incredible. Um, and I think that our kids are are so excited to have the opportunity to talk with you about your journey because they're not that far behind you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited uh, to be able to do that. Um, I th- and I'm I'm glad that they're excited. And and truly, if there's any if there's any desire for like help or mentorship in the social media world, I'd, I'd be happy to uh, speak with you anyone. Should, you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have said that. <laughs> now I'm holding you to it. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, okay. Well, finally, Janice, I want you to tell the listeners what you feel is the number one piece of advice that would help them follow their dreams and make an impact in their community like you have. Huh. I think just really being true to who you are. I think so often we're in this stage of like trying to change ourselves to kind of fit what we think we should be or to fit what people expect us to be as opposed to really finding our authentic selves um, and, and, and being empowered by who we are. Um, knowing that the person that we bring into the room is enough. Uh, I think that young people struggle with that. Uh, I think every, I think a lot of people struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Let's be real, not just young people. And um, I think once you really find your self-worth and know, you know, that, that you matter and that you have something really important to contribute, um, knowing that yourself really helps to then set the stage for, for those dreams that you have. Um, but you know, we always say in Vanguard that we want everyone to be themselves unapologetically, being their truest selves unapologetically. That's the people that we want to bring into our rooms. Um, and we want to support, you know, of course, we all have growth to do. I'm not saying that, you know, um, that we don't all have room to grow in our journeys, but uh, loving who you are, accepting who you are is a big part of the first step. Right. And then I really think the sky's the limit and surrounding yourself with people who love you, who believe in you uh, is also really important. And that's why I'm so excited about the community that we've created with Vanguard. I think it's so supportive um, and gives people an opportunity like the team of Nightmare Before Christmas to explore their dreams. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think oftentimes we can get trapped in trying to act like someone we want to be or trying to follow in the footsteps of someone else. That's something I get trapped in or trying to do the exact behaviors that other people that I respect do. But that might not be the best way to have myself succeed. And finding that distinguishing and just being able to do what works best for you and be able to put yourself out there. uh, Making yeah. your own path. It takes a lot of courage, but the payoff, it's a big payoff. It really yeah. is a big payoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Finding, finding what, finding your, 
finding where you belong in the world. It can be a, a big, um, big task that I definitely think about a lot, but it should, it doesn't have to be something that's completely overwhelming or something that doesn't have to be figured out right away, but you just have to keep going down the path. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just keep heading down that path and keep believing, mm -hmm. you know, I know that, you know, when we hear words like dream and believe, you know, um, and hope and all those things, I know sometimes it can feel a little bit corny, but it's, but it's also true. It's mm -hmm. really true. You have to believe in yourself and you have to surround yourself with people who believe in you and then just keep heading down that path. Keep mm -hmm. heading. And we're going to have, you know, you know, you're going to fall kind of like with the nightmare um, creative team who have been in tech rehearsal for the last couple of days, there are days where, you know, they really feel like, okay, that was a total failure. Right. And mm -hmm. then you accept it and you get up and you keep walking, you keep walking along the path. And then next thing you know, you're running, you're sprinting, you know? So it's mm -hmm. just, you know, that stick to itiveness is so important as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and speaking to us today about your experiences creating Vanguard. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you for having me. It's been lovely chatting with you and I'm so excited about next week. I really am. Yeah, me too. And again, the if you want to register to get the link of where the live stream is on the channel, that that is linked down below. Um and yeah, definitely come and see the, the amazing Nightmare Before Christmas concert right before Christmas. I think it'll be very fun. Yay. Thank to, you, Isaac. Yeah, we'll absolutely. Real soon about you mentoring us. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fantastic. <laughs> well, to all of you who are listening, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. And as I continue to share the stories of people who are following their passions and achieving their dreams, it'd mean a lot if you shared the podcast with a friend and reviewed us on iTunes. To all of you who are out in the world, thank you so much for listening and have a magical day.